I like that Obama's pushing so hard in the tech stuff right before before he goes. He's really this was this is awesome. I love that he's doing this. That poor bastard. They put his black ass through it. It's funny, um, even though this picture did scare me when I first saw it. They it was like a collection of pictures before guys before their pregnant pregnancy. Uh, presidency <laughs> and after <laughs> Pregnant with a little baby called America. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, before the presidency and after, just indicating that it's aged them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I they see. all have simply gray hair, and they show uh, Bernie, and then the after picture is a picture of the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> This is NAGP Resurrection, the show where we talk about this week in gaming news. And today's topic is we are going to be discussing each of our favorite demo and most memorable demo. Then, demos. Uh, demos, yes, plural. That. Uh, then after that, we're going to do some recommendations. And then, truly the best part of the show, the final thoughts. You ever oh, see yeah. The, yeah. Joe, you ever see the King's Speech? I have not seen Ooh. the King's Speech. Jumbo Cables, did you see it? Nope. Oh, anyway, it's kind of it kind of all builds to this moment where uh, the King of England, who's had a stuttering problem, has to deliver this big speech, um, kind of announcing to the UK that they're now at war with with uh, Hitler with, with with Germany. Uh, uh, was it World War One? I? I think it was World War Two. Yeah, so it would yeah. have been Hitler. But uh, that's what you rem- you remind me of. Like every time you prepare to give that intro, you- you're always like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna address the nation, and history is gonna remember this." They will remember this day. That's what that's what you sound like. Yeah, there is kind of like a, a tenseness <laughs> in your voice leading yeah. up to it. Like, it's, it's like all right, here we go. <laughs> it's like your entire you life is, is riding on it. Every episode of <laughs> my entire life depends on getting that opening correct, and it never seems right to That's me. That's how so lives his life. Yes, it is my life. Yeah. NAGP is my life. You guys yeah. are my life. It's good. All right. So, speaking uh-huh. of that. And National Treasure, which was a... I don't know why I brought that up. Uh, <laughs> I am Joseph Brichette, your lovely host for tonight. And with me, I have Lionel. Yes, he is certainly lovely. Especially tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Jumper cables. dress I got on him. Mm. AKA yeah. jumper cables. <laughs> and, mm. and we have Mike. Joe, mm. you don't have to put on the red dress tonight. Oh, thank God. Thank God. All right. Hey, Mike, I got a purple dress for you, too. Mm. I want you both looking nice for me tonight. All right. First jumper up, cables, speaking of uh, cross-dressing and jumper cables, we have Obama. Which I'm not really sure why that's related. We have Obama talking about, which I think this is absolutely fantastic, is that for he's going to be investing... I got him a red dress, too. Making a promise of investing 
40 billion, 40, no, not 40 billion, 40, <laughs> 4, $4 million uh, to make sure that all schools uh, can have uh, computer science. Yeah, so, Are you sure that number's right? It's, no, it was four four billion, not forty billion. Okay. Forty billion okay. is fuck you money. That's right. That was a little, that was a little high there. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this is great, though. I love that Obama. I mean, even when Obama was um, he came into office, he has always been about just tech and making sure that everyone truly understands that that's going to be the future, and it is going to be the future. So the fact that he's going to make sure that children are actually learning that stuff in the very beginning is probably one of the smartest things that anyone could ever do at this point. Because as we know, technology is a huge, huge part of uh, everything that we do in our lives. And to getting people prepared for that, I think is pretty damn smart. So uh, like, yeah. what do you think, Mike? Yeah, well, we talked about this on the show before, I think, um, when, you know, talking about how to address the diversity issues in the industry um and this is this is good like if we can get these in the poorest schools you know really good computer science programs it's just like i can see it just being like the first step into like because kids today can can do anything if they and like you know smartphones are getting cheaper you can just if there's something that you want to do in life, you can ask the internet how to do it and you can do it. And uh, now that it's that this sort of thing is being taught in schools, I feel like it's, it's definitely going to be a big step in pulling people out of poverty and, and getting them, you know, good jobs and surviving in our economy. That's changing so much, you know, things are becoming more automated and, but there are still people that have to, be behind the scenes and program and create. So uh, yeah, it's good. I'm, I'm I'm very happy with this announcement. Hopefully, it all goes through and it works well. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Lionel? Any words to say on this? Well, this is a yeah. This is a big step towards um, the the skills and the means which are kind of held above the heads of so many people being accessible. By said people you know it's not going to be a matter of well like, like what mike said before you can ask the internet how to do something it removes that step of just figuring out how to go about doing something so now it's just a matter of do you have the drive how bad do you want it you can yeah. get it yeah and i mean it even takes it a step further even if you don't have the drive you're going to be forced to learn some of this stuff Right. Well, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have some of it by default, right. and there's there's already so many you know means, be it like like apps, programs, whatever. Like uh, someone like me, I'm trying to create a game right now, and if it weren't for RPG Maker, I'd just be stuck at the either the planning stages or like okay, today I'm gonna put three hours into learning how to code, and then after that, three more hours into sprite editing and then within two years i finally have the means to make something rpg yeah. maker right off the bat bam and there's yeah. so many means like that out there now with more likely coming mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. accessibility is the great equalizer mm -hmm. and that's what the internet has done continues to do yeah another another thing too with all these startups that are popping up in silicon valley a tremendous amount of them are 
around education and trying to create these different tools that make it easier for children to learn how to code. A lot of them were like a combination with a mobile device and some sort of robot or something where you can kind of learn electronics and be kind of a maker, but at the same time also learn kind of the foundation of coding. And another and another thing that they do is they use games as a as a way to kind of introduce people into coding because being a programmer myself, I know that in the, when I was first learning how to do it, it's very intimidating. And if you don't have some sort of way to kind of ease you into it, meaning making it into an, a game, some sort of entertaining experience, it can be a huge turnoff. And that's not what we want at this point. So I think it's great that if we can get computer science and coding, teaching that more to kids and using games as a way yeah. to, to present that, yeah. it's going to make it I a mean, lot more easier. I mean, this will affect so many things. Even when you think about um, how the startup industries um, – how gentrification has been affecting communities where mm. all these startups are moving in and sort of taking over and people can't afford to live in their homes. Like uh, there's a lot that's been said and these companies should be responsible with the way they, they affect these communities. But um, this is kind of from the other end, you know, they're, we're seeing some things that can be done to, to stop or slow down that effect um by by teaching like people who are you know in the communities like how they can adapt and actually get jobs at these places um that you know a lot of people want to complain that these companies are like big and evil and they're destroying jobs but really these well, i think a lot of these companies are going to stick around and um yeah that's I've lost my train of thought <laughs> uh, but, but well, basically it's 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 not I don't know it's it's a it's a bigger issue um, mm-hmm. but but basically what I'm trying to say is it, it's not just like these big bad evil companies trying to like push people out of their homes like a lot of people kind of want to make it seem like it is. It's it's not the plot to a uh, sitcom yeah. where the yeah, evil because... industrialist wants to kick you out of your house. Yeah, I mean, maybe in some cases it is, but I think for the most part, it's the a lot of these companies were kind of like didn't consider that fact. They're like, oh, we're we're getting big. We need to expand. We need to move here. You know, mm-hmm. and they didn't think about what was happening, um, and now it's. People are they are starting to think about it, but it's kind of late. Um, and that's the other thing is like this stuff, you know, teaching computer science is it'll it's going to take a, a while for that to you know kind of even out and mm-hmm. start seeing the the results of it. Uh, if it, if it works and it and it pays off, you know, a decade or two from now, we'll start seeing. Uh, more residents being able to stay because they can, you know, it's like find work in those fields that are popping up. Right. And there is still sort of that, you know, Walmart kind of argument to be made. It's like, Oh, they're fucking destroying our community. They're destroying the mom and pops, but they are bringing jobs, but it's, it's a little bit different. Um, Well, these are specialized jobs. It's part of the issue. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, the whole thing's really fascinating. We could do a whole episode about it. But... Yeah, um, I want I want you guys to think about something for a second because I think this could be 
an end result of this step right here. Like, have you ever, uh, I don't know, woken up one day, been walking around, or decided you're gonna, you want to do something artistic or just something different? Like, okay, today I want to cook this thing. Today I want to paint something. I want to write something. Imagine, if you will, gentlemen, the day that comes where someone's like, I want to make a video game. And they can just do it. Yeah. The same way someone might start to write a book, paint yeah. something. And I mean, uh, cook something. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, yeah, accessibility. It's like with all of these things, it's like if you want to be able to do something, you can figure it out. And you're right, that gap is getting less and less. Like, you know. Yeah. I uh, just wanted to make one more point on just the whole diversity issue. I mean, Mike's right. We could totally do a whole episode on this on this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I find very just just fascinating is that the whole, there is this whole discussion right now in the tech industry and just lots of other industries too about not enough you know, diversity and kind of racism and so on and so forth. But I th- they seem to be focusing so hard on trying to find people to hire and hiring those different people of you know different minorities and different cultures into the company when i feel the real root of the problem as we were just kind of discussing is the education part if you i mean if you think with the, all these tech jobs it's not something as easy to get into as if you get a job at burger king or mcdonald's they yeah. the expectation is much higher the knowledge level is way higher than that when you go into there they're going to ask you you know very uh, like intellectual questions they want to make sure you actually know how to do the job so getting into these these companies is not an easy thing to do you have to be educated yeah. and well, when and if it, you're poor, you can't get the ex- education. Well, exactly. yeah, it's it's what I was saying before about like the keys being dangled over our heads. Yeah, like only only so many people have the means of reaching them. Right. So I'm yeah. so I'm basically Stuff I'm, like this yeah. happening. You know, lowers lowers them keys to about a whole lot more. You know, towards yeah. a little, yeah. lot more hands. Yeah. Than, before. Yeah, I know. I know. That I'm just. I'm just kind of just trying to say that I feel this like is, what they should a, be. This fo- is a step towards solving the second half of the problem. Or really, honestly, I think kind of. Okay, maybe I shouldn't say the main problem because it's not the main problem. But yeah, I, I definitely feel like this should be more so the focus. I mean, not. I'm not saying not to try and hire people who are, uh, you know, who are a more di- have a more diverse culture set inside of your your company. Don't stop doing that. But I feel like you should be putting they should be putting more effort in educating these lower income yeah. places than trying to just scramble and find all these yeah. different minorities to put into the company. Yeah, it's well, a double edged well, sword because both the, 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 the more that you know, the longer that uh, you know minorities can't get into these companies, the more insular that those companies become, and yeah. the more they they don't hire. But you know, hopefully. Um, it's tough it'll change yeah Yeah. the thing to keep in mind is that there isn't really a clean break when it comes to any of these uh, issues there's a whole lot of like messy uncomfortable steps in between as a matter of fact solving the problem is a series of messy and uncomfortable steps it's not like okay we implemented this policy and now the problem is solved yay no yeah it's going to be a lot of missteps, stumbles, fumbles, and um, 
I forgot what my other point was. Yeah. But um but yeah, it's definitely an interesting issue and hopefully this will have an impact on that within the next decade or so and we can see some some great changes that happen. Yeah. I mean, we're already seeing like I don't know if you guys know who DeRay McKesson is, but uh, him and like uh, this woman named Janetta Elsie are kind of they've kind of emerged as faces in the in, of the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. But uh, their whole thing has been they've been using social media. They're from Baltimore, and they've been you know he's been at like every march and organizing and and I think they've helped to get the this this website up. Oh, fuck, I wish I did the name of it off my tongue. I think it's called WeTheProtesters.org or .com, but uh, it's, it's, so it's been interesting. I kind of, somebody told me about them recently, and I went back and sort of researched a little bit, and so DeRay's kind of been using social media, and he's gained a following. Um, and he's, he's been a teacher, and I think he's, he's done some, some other minor uh jobs in his community and the maybe the local government but he just announced that he's running for mayor and like nice he's uh, mm-hmm. he has all this social media following behind him and he's started that i guess there's this website called crowd pack where you can crowdfund your campaign and uh that was that was last night that he announced that and i haven't looked at the numbers but i would imagine he's I would imagine he's got a good chunk of his goal funded already. So, I mean, that's just w- one example of like someone who otherwise might not have been able to get into politics, which is what he's doing. And he's probably he has a good chance of winning. I think. I mean, I don't know the politics of Baltimore or anything, but I mean, other than the last fucking clusterfuck of the of the mm. last year, but I think. So he's just kind of an example of like the first like face that's arisen through social media or one of the few first faces who is now entering the political process. That's, that's um, so I great. think that was, was I, I think that's really significant. That, I mean, whether he wins or not, it's still like that's a big thing. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, it's social media, uh, the internet and just social media in general is becoming a very powerful tool, especially with the, with, when it comes to the politics yeah. and getting, yeah. And it was, and I was, honestly, I, I expected something like this to happen. Like, I would, I don't know, I wasn't expecting this to happen so soon, but what's interesting is that it somehow, and a fucking 70 year old white man did it first, <laughs> and he might be our next president. I was not expecting that. No, <laughs> I was expecting something more like DeRay's story, and that for that to pay off like way later. But it's it's interesting how mm-hmm. he's utilized his internet campaign. Yeah, um, well, there's definitely a lot mm-hmm. of really crazy, interesting things happening right now. But uh, mm-hmm. whoo! Yeah. All right, let's uh, jump on to the next story. Uh, <laughs> shifts from politics and Obama and computer science to Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, hey now, there we go. Uh, <laughs> It's so basically that what this article is talking about is that they're going to be having an event that's coming up in Los Angeles on March 30th uh, at 7 p.m. It's called Final Fantasy uh, Uncovered, and it's going to be hosted by Greg Miller from Kind of Funny Games. And he's just they're going to be revealing lots of new information about the game and like more footage and all that good stuff. And 
Um, yeah, I yeah. want to say on the story there was like an hour's worth of gameplay. Yeah, they've been showing a lot of footage of that game. Yeah. What do you think of it uh, so far, Lionel? Um, I'm appreciating what looks to be like a lot of diversity in gameplay. Um, I think they took, did they take uh, Tetsu and Nomura off of that project? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Let me see. I think he's, I don't think they did. I think he's still on there. Okay. Well, some of the promises he was making in regards to the characterization, I hope remains. Mm. Um, you know, and graphically it looks good. I saw a trailer where uh, the main character summons Brahma, which was like this crazy old-ass wizard, and um, it's insane. Like, the, the summons never felt... Like, like watching that makes me reevaluate every summon I've ever seen in the Final Fantasy game, because it's huge. And everyone, in, like, in the aftermath of it, it's like... He literally turns the stage into a smoking crater, and he's just kind of standing there, and everyone's looking at this giant entity in, like, awe of how huge it is. It's like they're looking at a god, and, like, it it, it makes me go back to all these other games. It's like, was I doing that the whole time? (laughs) That's nuts. Yeah. The scale of this game, it really does feel like... Scale. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It really does feel like... Over the pa- <clears throat> excuse me, over the past few years, Square Enix has really been taking advantage of all the technology they have uh, to use and just really just going crazy with it. The only problem, and this really showed with uh, the previous Final Fantasy game, is that I feel like they're getting a little out of control with it. They're just they're focusing too much on making things really epic and amazing looking, but yeah. they're making everything else suffer. Like the story, the characters, just oh, yeah. everything we, we, else. You know, speaking of the things we could do a whole, ep- whole episode on, Joe, I think we've had some pretty in-depth conversations about what Square did versus what they're doing now and where we feel like they've fallen. And I feel like story and characterization may be one of those things. Yes, they they definitely have. I think it showed... After Final Fantasy VI, when they were starting to make Final Fantasy VII, uh, like uh, you could tell that now that they had all this new graphical power, that they that they felt like not to say Final Fantasy's story was bad or anything. I mean, it wasn't the most amazing thing, but it wasn't bad. There's other places to look to now in regards right. to showing what they can do. Yeah, and whereas I think um, seven, maybe up till ten, uh, if that's fair. Uh, is where they were like where I still feel kind of like they were thinking about the stories and getting excited about where they could go with it Mm -hmm. it seemed like by the time you hit maybe not kind of 12 but especially 13 is where they're just kind of like is where they're kind of like look at all this power let's (laughs) look at look look at all this shit at our disposal look look what we can do I I think they to a certain extent, they kind of had that, but like they showed that into like their cutscenes, like "Oh, look at what we can do." But then somehow, when they could make uh, their games look like the cutscenes, it was maybe they just concentrated on it looking pretty. I don't, I don't know. Like, well, in an instance of like getting the power and being excited about what they could do with it in regards to story, I mean, just look at seven and eight. And their use of music in there, because that that was the big thing with the PlayStation. Like it had uh, 
CD quality sound. Mm. You know, those soundtracks are amazing. Not only that, but they're used very well within the stories to invoke different feelings. And you get, you know, you get to the PS2, you're looking at Tan, it's like, okay, check out these graphics. But it's not, that's not what it, that's not all it is. Whereas that's what 13 kind of felt like to me. Uh, well, third, yeah. I mean, that's, you could say, you could kind of start to see that they were going in that direction with Final Fantasy X-2. 2 yeah. Yeah. It's, they really started to kind of start real, yeah, like what Mike was saying, just lean more towards that. This how how amazing can we make this look? And then yeah, let's just maybe, go from there. Maybe they started to go wrong when they started doing sequels to yeah. their anthology games. Yeah, uh, maybe. I, there's, well, they well then again, then again, Advent Children is uh, an example of this, but it actually kind of makes sense. It's a movie. <laughs> yeah. No, it ma- yeah. it makes sense, and, and which I hear hasn't aged very well. I still I still like the look of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, not the look, but like the writing. <laughs> oh, um, Genova's a space virus. Everybody, shut up! Not you, everybody, but anyone mm. complaining. Mm. I but... don't know about that, but people are always complaining about clouds, like whiny and emo and. And the, He's the story, got problems. Let him have And problems. the story's kind of the 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 villains are kind of weird. I have to. I haven't watched it in a long time. But going back to like Final Fantasy fifteen, uh, it does it does seem like what they're trying to do is they're trying to fix all the rough patches of the the previous Final Fantasy, where and, and kind of take notice to where people were complaining and so much, and hopefully they'll make the story better. And I mean the open world of it all looks really cool so we'll I'm, see I'm more interested in the contemporary setting and I think like Nomura was trying to like was saying he was trying to create uh, more human more realistic characters like I think one of the things he was mentioning with the main character is that he, he does seem kind of like the stoic Bishonen protagonist, but what he wanted to try to convey in him was a genuine shyness that mm. creates that sort of stoicism. And uh, I remember one thing that stood out to me in one of the trailers is the fact that you really get the feeling him and the, the guys he's rolling with are bros to the extent that like, I think one of the cutscenes is just like road trip. That was what they <laughs> something played. about that really appealed to me. Yeah, no, it, it looks good. It's it's. I'm interested to, to know more about the story because whenever I play any of the Final Fantasy games, I'm always really, for me, how it goes is that I'm first. I want to know what the story is about. Then it's the battle system, and then graphics come third. So we'll see. Yeah, I think it's been too long for me because I remember, like, I played the demo for 15, and I was I just didn't care, and I didn't really wasn't fond of the gameplay. And also because I remember being stoked when those first trailers came out, and I, and I went back and rewatched all of the trailers from old to new, mm. and I was like, I guess I'm just a different person now because I none of this doesn't really seem all that interesting. There were little bits and pieces where I thought it kind of seemed interesting, but like now I just uh, I'm I'm not really I don't I don't care anymore. Yeah, it's but but what you were talking about, Jumper Cables, when you were describing the gameplay just now, actually sounded kind of interesting. I didn't get a chance to watch the the footage, but oh, the summon, yeah, it sounded cool. Yeah, that was nuts. Mm, Yeah, I personally lost interest after ten, and that was pushing it. Uh, So 
We'll see. Hopefully this... I would like for this game to win me back, because uh, as a company, I do like the games they make, and I've always liked the Final Fantasy series. But uh, Okay, so the next two articles are related to a game called Ant Simulator that was on Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, let, let me just say that when I saw these two uh, links in the dock, I mm-hmm. was... It just looks crazier than the actual story. Because the first one is like, my business partner spent all the Kickstarter money on booze and and restaurants and strippers. And then the and then the article beneath it was like, that guy's fucking lying. This is bullshit. <laughs> That's right. But it's it like, was, I've been set up. <laughs> but yeah, when you read the actual articles, they're a little bit more mundane. They, yeah. Nobody actually said the word bullshit, I don't think. No, I mean it's just. I mean, it's a bigger conversation I wanted to have with you guys with this. But this is. I mean, all that's really happening with this ant, this game is that you know, the the guy is just saying that he feels like his his uh, business partners were spending all the money, and then they're kind of saying, no, we didn't spend the money. It was a part of our budget. Blah blah blah, back and forth. And but really, the what I think was really interesting about these articles is that this whole like area of game development that's popped up where it's early access and you know crowdfunding and all that sort of thing and like like just kind of starting with you mike how do you feel about those kind of games do you feel like game development should be going further down this direction where people are just releasing their games incredibly early and just or giving lots of money to have access to the games at such an early state when you know anything can go wrong and the game is broken it's Mm. just kind of it's basically growing and changing along with the community but at any point in time it could just this kind of stuff can happen. People can just kind of bail out completely with all your money, or I mean, where, where do you where do you stand with that kind of stuff? Do you like it? Do you not like it? I mean, there's lots of different situations that can arise, and there's different types of um, investing, like Patreon and Kickstarters, mm-hmm. and I think there's another one where you can actually become an investor. Yeah, but it's all. I mean, it's like playing this. To a certain extent, when the some, of, some of them, it's a little like playing the stock market or something. You know, you put in money, you 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 kind of have to recognize that you're taking a risk when you put money into these things. That said, as far as like the industry is concerned, I know some people think it's like it's terrible, but I think it's actually kind of it makes sense. Um, mm that things would head down this direction. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I think if any, if things explode, you know, you kind of have to recognize that from the beginning that there's a chance that things might explode. Uh, <laughs> but but there are things in place to, I think, uh, protect people, at least on Kickstarter, where, you know, you'll get your money back or they're legally obligated to refund you if they can't fulfill things, but I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Cause that's a new thing too. Uh, they had just made that happen. I think like a year ago because it's happening so many times. So they had to start <laughs> uh, you know, re- just kind of making new rules and putting them in place saying, yeah, you gotta, if you can't deliver, you got to give them their money back. So, uh, which is good. Which is good. Uh, Lionel, how, how do you feel about this type of, um, so with like a a sort of like, because the first thing I thought of was Street Fighter Five, and uh, something I saw recently I want to say on Steam was uh, pre, uh, the option to pre-order it with the pre-order letting you into the last stage of uh, the beta, 
Like, there's videos and stuff and information on Street Fighter Five all over the place because um, it's basically been like, oh, you can't call it an open beta, but, like, you've been able to pre-order the thing for God knows how long, and all these people are playing it are basically part of the beta each time there's an update, characters change, this, that. But... <laughs> You know, I feel like I already know so much about the game, and it hasn't even been released yet. And it made me think of something else, which is happens in Japan because Japan still has arcades, where the first place a fighting game will be released long before its official release is in the arcade, and data is taken from there. It's basically again a beta, you know, a, a beta, and this helps, especially in regards to a fighting game where balance is so key and you've got to try to deal with situations you won't necessarily know exists until they happen mm-hmm. um i think it's uh, very conducive to testing and developing but um i don't know like are they just like cutting costs at our expense here um i'm mostly for it mm. i think that's why we saw all those games in the previous episode that we were talking about with Evo, uh, how they were showing off all those new games. Mm-hmm. Doesn't Evo tend to usually do that a lot? That they'll maybe they'll have a lot of fighting games there that are very early. Uh, sometimes maybe not a lot of well, mainstream I mean, fighting if, games. If if you want to, um, yeah, if you want to reveal a fighting game, that's definitely the place to do it. That's your primary, in some cases, sole audience. Um, the fighting game community is very uh, close, maybe like tightly knit group of people. It's pretty intense. And um, I'd say specifically in regards to games with a competitive access, competitive access, with a, a competitive focus, early access, I, I, I believe to be a good thing. Yeah. I I'm mean, not so sure about uh, single player. That, that's been, that's been, you know, that's been a huge thing for a, <laughs> touching on that <laughs> going back to Final Fantasy 15 first of all uh, multiplayer betas have been a, a big thing ever since you know internet it, it, that's just kind of known mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> but speaking of single player like betas like I know uh <laughs> it seems kind of ridiculous that um they they go back and patch the Final Fantasy 15 demo <laughs> it seems like a waste of resources you know what I mean yeah yeah that they really did that I didn't hear about that yeah oh well <laughs> I I watched you mentioned kind of funny earlier and and Colin Moriarty over there just that drives him crazy he mentions this a lot that, the that they that they've they've gone back and patched the Final Fantasy 15 demo like a few times when it's like this game has been in development for so long just fucking finish it right. don't worry about the demo it's a demo yeah man that's <laughs> uh crazy times all right uh so the next couple of stories are related to Nintendo had their investor meeting this um. I think it was this week or early last, uh, late last week, and they had revealed a bunch of details about their upcoming plan. And one of and the biggest thing that they've been talking about is how they're going to be going into mobile. And their first game that they're going to be launching, they finally gave a date, not an exact date, I believe, but in March, they're going to be releasing their first mobile game, which is called Mi Mitomo. <laughs> Mitomo, which 
I'm not really sure what exactly it is. It looks like... I'm not even really sure what it looks like. Uh, yeah. Uh. Uh, as far as I could tell, it just looked like something that you manage your me with. Yeah. I couldn't really tell what the hell it was. It I, was think, like, I think that might be it. It was uh, like, whatever. Yeah. And um, they're, they're also replacing, because they had closed down the Club Nintendo program. And since now they're working with DNA, which is a really big Japanese mobile company, to mm-hmm. get their games out there, they're going to be the ones kind of publishing their games on the mobile platform. And so they're working with them to create an entirely new system to kind of, uh, I guess, give you more rewards and other stuff like that. So uh, for anyone who is really into the nin- uh, Nintendo program, excuse me, the Club Nintendo program, that is coming back in some yeah. form. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a close in the saga of Jumper Cables' hatred. On the old days of NAJP, when you brought up that Club Nintendo was was coming into existence, he called it the uh, the stupidest thing he'd ever heard of his, in, in his entire life. Now, to be <laughs> fair, I said that about half the things we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah. yeah, it's well, it's coming back now. And um, I they haven't I haven't really announced like Lionel what kind of award uh, excuse me rewards they're going to be giving you hang gliders Kool Aid points oh man you could buy a fucking jeep you could buy a jeep <laughs> and a big screen yes That's and a, a kayak yeah a lot of Kool Aid but most importantly of all you could buy a hang glider. <laughs> and all that will cost you is diabetes for your entire extended family. <laughs> But hey, as long as you got that fucking angler, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you can enjoy the little time you have left gliding through the air. Oh, boy. For those bad. last few years, you can feel truly free. Oh, yeah, man. but that, you don't need your legs to hang glide. So. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. That's yeah, true. Uh, another... just, like a, just like in soul food. Cut off <laughs> Big Mama's leg. Oh, man. The itis. Yeah, uh, <laughs> every time Soul Food comes up, I can't not think of that episode of Boondocks. Right, <laughs> he man. describes it. He starts off with, Soul Food is about a fat black woman. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? That's true, Soul Food. God damn it. Every time I think of that movie, I just think of that scene where they tell her that they're going to have to cut off her leg, and she just looks so like perturbed, and she's like... Ain't nobody gonna cut off my leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So fucked up. That is We're pretty gonna nice. have to cover that one on my show. <laughs> 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 we might have to do an emergency Black History Month on Soul Food. I'm down for that. I'm down. Uh, <laughs> so many times. There's much to talk about, especially <laughs> me to bring up Boondocks. It's all that shit in the theater. Me too. <laughs> uh, another thing that they talked about they kind of just dropped well they asked the question like Nintendo are you going to be getting into VR and they said we're looking into it and that's pretty much all they said on that they didn't go any further with it getting the VR eventually yeah I mean it was it's Nintendo yeah it's Nintendo I got the Virtual Boy Virtual Boy 2 I mean, yeah they, they tried it a long time ago yeah coming coming soon alright what's the next Part up. Oh yeah. So, to kind of celebrate the 20th anniversary of Pokemon, they're going to be. Re- they re- I already said they're releasing. What was it? The. Oh my god. Oh yeah. So every month 
for about a year, they're going to be releasing. You go to a, a GameStop and you can load onto any Pokemon game that you have one of the, the legendary Pokemon creatures. They're giving away for free. And the first one is Mew. I still haven't done it yet. Ooh. That'd be kind of, and that's mm. kind of cool. They're just giving them away. Like See, I, I want to so say I, I don't give a shit. It, it really doesn't matter to me because I don't have a DS or anything, but there's something inside me like that feels very nostalgic for when you could go to like and i never did it but you could go to like a, i think a blockbuster or like a funko land with your uh with your fucking copy of like blue or red back in the day and get like a pokemon or, or you could like print a picture or something you could do like shit yeah. like that but yeah it's, like, no, it's, it's cool that you have to actually go to like a physical place i kind of appreciate mm-hmm. that yeah they loaded on they loaded on there um, yeah, I remember doing that. I remember a long time ago, you had to go to a special, like one of the special conventions that they would hold to do some of the the tournaments, and they yeah. would give you like a Mew or something on your on your game. But oh, that was that was good times. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty cool they're doing that. I mean, that way it's gonna let people have an opportunity to get all, to basically to get exposed to the Pokemon they didn't get a chance to play around with back way back in the day so that's cool glad they're doing it uh all right next one i found this okay so i found this article it's just like this augmented reality demo shows how you can turn rock wall climbing into a game mm. so all they're doing mm. i don't know if you guys got a chance to look at the article but they're just projecting uh like uh like numbers and other visual like other things related to the game directly on the wall itself so people when they interact with it, if they touch it, it will the system will know what's being what part of it's being touched, and it will back give feedback back in the system and say you score one point, two point, whatever. Uh, and if, okay. The video yeah. was really cool because it showed people kind of trying to uh, like climb up the wall and trying their best to reach these different projected numbers that were all over the wall and like you have to get to basically touch all of them in a certain amount of time so it was a great way to get a workout and it was also really cool to just it was a game in the real world so that was neat well while this sounds like something i would love and do constantly to the point of getting ripped like goku um i kind of had a different picture in my head when i first saw the title to this um, <laughs> for some reason i thought it was like a lot more of reality was being augmented. I thought I was going to be looking like like a cliffhanger simulation or something. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, you get to hold on to Stallone's glove and then fall to your death. <laughs> well, no, because see, I wouldn't have fell to my death like that dumb woman because she didn't do anything. And then you get to get in a fist fight screaming. With, and then you get to have a fist fight with John Lithgow. Ooh, I pay for that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's pretty. That's yeah. pretty epic. Uh, all right, so this next article is uh, <laughs> strap into this chair on a giant simulator arm for the wildest VR ride of your life. It sounds kinky. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. This is, there's a company in Redwood City that they're basically building these things, and <laughs> I put this article on here because I just started thinking that how we had laser tag. Back in the day, I mean, it's still around, hasn't hasn't gone completely yet. Well, even like the old, the early instances of like attempted VR in the, I want to say like the early nineties, mm. like 
I remember at one one time I went to Pier Thirty Nine, and like one of the areas they had was just just this little VR experience. You stand in one of them, you sit in one of them. I sat in one that was supposed to simulate like flying a jet and shooting shit, and mm. it didn't play so well. But it sounds kind of like a revival of that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, actually, we kind of talked about that on on my show. On the episode of Hackers, which is out now. Um, but, we'll see it soon. But yeah. Uh, but it reminds me of, uh, yeah, there's this place called, um, fuck, Jebba Kills. Do you know the name of that weird place in, like, maybe, I don't know if it was Concord or something, where they had, like, these, uh, these, these, it was basically you got into this, like, chamber and it mm-hmm. would lock and it was, like, a, uh, a, a cockpit and you would have like there were two things you could play you could either play this like racing game that was kind of like uh, what's that what was that fucking like Forsaken it was on oh, N64 God. yeah that's Forsaken shit. yeah it was kind of like that and then you could either play that or you could play this like mech game where you were like shooting mechs but it was like it had this screen and this viewer and it was like really cool it was, it was like immersive mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it moved or anything, but I, I think there's like cool sound in it. But mm-hmm. but yeah, that place was man. I forget what that place was called. Mm-hmm. Mm. But uh, yeah, I remember shit like that, and and uh, I remember seeing. I don't think I ever did it, but like sort of things like what this article is about, where you would get into this thing. I remember seeing people get in it, and then it would like move around and shit, and. I'm, I'm assuming there was something like on the inside that you could. It was, it was probably simulating something. What, what gets me excited is that I mean, like Lionel, like you were saying, they're they've done this sort of thing before. Right now is probably the absolute best time of a reass- you know, to kind of bring this stuff back because mm-hmm. VR is getting really, really good. And if you can make that experience really feel incredibly authentic, then. I mean, mm-hmm. either there's going to be lots, a lot more heart attacks, or it's going to be just the most amazing thing ever. Because it's probably once, both. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think they'll have warnings like roller coasters. Oh yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's it's a very exciting time right now. I, I, the next probably, I would say, because VR, the Oculus is going to be coming out this year, and. The Hive is coming out, and there's all these other headsets coming out. So probably in the next couple, like five, year, five years or so, things are going to just, it's going to get nuts. And even a place in Colorado, there's a company where they're basically uh, getting an entire building and just have these VR headsets, and they, like, have you tethered, like, this long, like, just, what is it? Oh, my God. So you basically kind of are walked around the room with the VR headset on there, and they mm-hmm. kind of give you obstacles and everything. It's like a big factory-type room or something. Like, it's just... Oh, you know, you just God. Like, yeah. like fucking Nick Arcade. Yeah, yeah. For real. Yeah. Except for real. I was just thinking, we got to get some VR laser tag going. Shit's going to be tight. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's... I haven't even thought about that, but that sounds... Dude... Yeah. You could so like, tight. you could imagine how sick that would be. You could do like, <laughs> you could simulate Starship Troopers. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't. I wish I could remember the name of the company in Colorado, but uh, definitely, 
it's what they're making is insane. I mean, they're devoting an entire space just to do essentially the whole laser tag VR, if you will. So it's, it's. I hope more of that, that stuff pops up. I'm Damn, pretty. That's crazy. It's gonna be really, really, really fun. See, my my Good. friend sent me this uh, link of this. Uh, did you see the the drone racing? Yeah, that's a that's a league. It's opening up this year. Yeah, it, that's a yeah. thing now. It's interesting. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. What's what's great about that too is that with the the drone racing, is that for, from a spectator's point of view, you actually get to see. As the drone is flying everywhere through, it's uh, it, it's really nice. cool. So, and they go fast too. I, I'm excited for that. Uh, all right, uh, what we got here? So, for the next bit, there's a bunch of games that were announced. Uh, so the first one was Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Their backstory trailer came out today, and uh, it looks the game in Mirror's Edge. I'm, I've always been excited about that game. How about you guys? Are you guys looking forward to that one, or did you play the first one? Um, in the previous podcast, the previous incarnation of this, there was an episode where I went in depth about my getting it to play the Mirror's Edge demo, during which time I said I basically <laughs> like died once a minute. I remember that conversation. It's coming back to me but, now. Uh, it was fun. I, like I said, I didn't get to play a lot of it, about 25 minutes of it, but it was fun. Mm. Yeah, I actually finally last year went back and finished it. At the end of last year, nice. Uh, the first one, and it's uh, it's good. The story was um, it felt the ending felt abrupt, but it's it's cool. I think it's great that this is coming back, and I hope it uh, I hope it does well. Yeah, there's a a lot more. I mean, since this was the story trailer, it seems like there's a lot more that they're going to be going into and exploring. It seems with her character and just everything around her. So. Looks like yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, should the last good. game kind of—I don't want to—I don't know if it, you know, traveled by word of mouth, but it certainly gained like a cult following. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, affects sales, like day one sales of the new one. Mm. They did give a date, a release date for it. Uh, that could be well—is that the date for the beta? We're facing the game, which is set. Yeah, no, it's for the game. Which is set to launch May twenty fourth, mm. and that That's soon, yeah, and that same month, uh, which is on the next the next article here, they gave the the date for uh, Bethesda's Doom, which is also was coming out May thirteenth. So What's, what day is Mirror's Edge coming out? Uh, May twenty sixth. People still care about Doom. May twenty fourth. Sorry, yeah, May twenty fourth. It's here. It's now. Yeah, it's Doom. I mean, it looks. I mean, it's lots of just carnage and killing and demons ripping off the you know all that kind of stuff so i'm sure i'll never play it (laughs) well i remember uh three the big deal was like lighting but uh that was ruined by the ai i mean the only doom that i played and beat was doom three i mean it was it was fine for what it was i mean it was okay um are any of us like big shooter guys though maybe that's part of the problem Uh, i probably am the biggest out of all three of us but and how I'm, are I'm, in are you, are you into them? But I'm not that big into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more like I really loved Call of Duty, but I never got that much into it. I mean, I mean, yeah, I get sucked in every once in a while if mm-hmm. it's if it's got a good hook, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I was playing a free to play, like a World War Two FPS that had like MMO elements for a, <laughs> a good chunk of last year, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of fell out of it. But 
Uh, yeah, I like shooters. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was into shooters. Well, shooter. Uh, Halo 2, I played that when it came out just religiously yeah. for like almost a year. But well, yeah, yeah, I played it with you a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the the big thing is the guns. If the guns have punch and the and the narrative is good, then I'm into it. Mm. I mean, I did play the Call of Duty uh, when it went to Modern Warfare. I played him. I actually played all the Call of Duties for the story. I think I stopped after. Yeah. Three. Well, we all got super into Call of Duty too. Like yeah. we were all like. Mm messing our pants over that game yeah i mean they were they were fun yeah. for a while i've been playing the black ops that i think that kind of i stopped caring when that stuff started yeah i kind of after modern warfare 2 modern warfare 1 and 2 or some of the like i don't care what anyone says those are some of the best games ever made like they're just tight they change the industry they control well and the, the narratives are interesting and, and fun um yeah. especially especially the first modern warfare that game's really special Yep, this, I would agree with that. Uh, all right, so just a, a quick mention of a new Kickstarter game that's come out. It's from some of the some of I guess previous employers employers employees of uh, oh shoot, Media Molecule, the people who did Little Big Planet and Tearaway and those other games. They're kickstarting their a new game they're making called Knights and Bikes. It's a co-op game set in eighties Britain. So <laughs> it's the style of the game looks very much that of Tearaway. Uh, it looks. I mean, it looks fine. I just thought I'd mention it because it looks. Uh, if you're if you're a fan of Media Molecules games, it definitely has that feel and style and and to it. So worth checking out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of don't care. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, the, the, I'll the, see when it comes out. The, the premise sounded more interesting than the trailer made it look. Yeah. Well, that's that's Kickstarter for you. Yeah. So, anyway, last article of the night is Hido Kojima. Hideo. I, I, I just put your name so badly, and I'm going to do even worse job. With I the think you hand. said it the same way Stan Lee said it. Yeah. Hideo. No, I think Joe just said Hudio. Oh, Hudio. Hideo. Hideo. Fuck. Hideo. 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 Yeah. 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 Kojima. Yeah, there we go. And uh, here's the next one. Go look. Oh, Jesus Christ. How do you say his name? <laughs> How do you say his fucking name? Yeah. Guillermo del Toro. There we yeah. go. It's like, God know. damn it, all these foreigners. Yeah. <laughs> what Did happened you... to Bob? <laughs> 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 and John, a strong American yeah. name. Fucking Jake Kojima and Bob Toro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just really bad with names. Uh, but anyway, uh, to discuss creative divisions... At Dice, uh, so Dice is coming up, and it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to watch them just discuss their how they probably make games and their thoughts on all that kind of stuff. So, thought it'd be worth mentioning. Should be yeah, it cool. is because it's a it's mm-hmm. you know it feels like a step towards or an acknowledgement or reassurance really that these two are they're boys, they're tight like that. And they're going to work together eventually. Um, and we're going to get something that's going to fuck our brains cross-eyed. Well, we almost had yeah. something. Si- was it Silent Hill that almost uh, happened? A PT, which was, yeah, uh, basically a covert Silent Hill demo. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was cool. Uh, Jeff Keighley is going to be the one moderating it, so that should be... He's always good at that stuff. I like watching him do his thing. So Yeah, he's good. I like Jeff Keighley. Yep. So. All right, that's pretty much it for... 
The news? Remember when he was just a fresh face on game trailers? Oh, yeah. Did Remember they... when you'd go into GameStop and see him on the TVs? You still, yeah. You still do, sort of. They, when they, yeah. they just kind of cycle through a bunch of mm-hmm. random, weird IGN and other stuff. Yeah. Uh, do, they, do they still, every Sunday, I know they would have that like thing that he would do where they talk about he interviews people from the industry. Do they still do that thing? Bonus round? Gary, that's what it is, bonus uh, round. I'm pretty sure he left game left. trailers. He's okay. doing the game awards now. Okay, that explains it then. Mm. Mm. Keely. Keely. They might have somebody else doing it, though, but I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I know Pactor left them, too. That, yeah, he suddenly just disappeared. Well, he's got his own show. Like it's He's got the exact same show, but it's called... It was Pack Attack, and now it's Pactor Factor, and it's on, like, Sifted.net or something. Huh. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Mm. I like it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. Actually, I like Pack Attack, so I'll, I'll go check that out. Yeah, I love Factor. <sighs> he's so. Oh, I, what I like about him is that he's so just. He's very blunt. He will say <laughs> whatever yeah. he feels. Yeah, That's people give him so much shit for being wrong, but it's like he's right a lot of the time, actually, and yeah. a lot of the shit that he says makes sense. Right, and you can understand why he says some of the things. Um, He's a smart sometimes, man. sometimes his it's, perspective is a little off, and it clouds his his uh, predictions. But you know, it's whatever. It's it's the trade off to being blunt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is his job <laughs> to say <laughs> these things. Onto the topic of the night, uh, which is our favorite demos or most memorable demo. Uh, Lionel, you go mm. first, man. Uh, yeah, I got I got a couple. I want to say right off the bat, one which is like personal and sentimental to me is actually a disc, which I don't remember everything on it. I remember one of the things on it was uh, Hot Shots Golf 2, and that's just because that was something I was able to get my sister to play with me, and you know, we just like, it, I think it was like a three-hole game that was available on that demo, and uh yeah, we would just cycle through that over and over and over for hours sometimes. I believe I'm looking at it right now. Yep. Are you ready I, for the list? Uh, sure. Gekido. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Yep. Played Huge that. Huge one. Played the shit out of that one. Mm-hmm. Hot Shots of Golf 2. Colony yep. Wars Red Sun. Yep. Good one. Eagle 1 Harrier Attack. Mm-hmm. And Roll Cage Stage 2. Mm. With videos of WWF SmackDown and Galarians. Ah, mm. uh, yeah, uh, Galarians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a game I wanted to play so bad. Um, another one, which is probably going to get touched on by all of us, uh, the MGS demo, which you know, amazing, just in how much was there. Mm. You wondered if it was really a demo. Spent a lot of time with that. Um, just one or two? One? One. Yeah. Though two had the same effect. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it, like, two that really stand out to me, they may have even been on the same disc. I just played over and over and just created this yearning to play these games that I wouldn't be able to play till years and years down the line. Um, the first was... Uh, let's, let's start with... Jade Cocoon. Oh. 
which is basically like if Miyazaki made Pokemon but then had someone to rein him in and not go too crazy in regards to the story suffice to say it's really creative unique distinctive has awesome uh, an awesome art and visual style as well as a fully complete complete uh, voiceovers which was kind of rare in PS1 games like it wasn't just select moments it was a voiceovers all the time and it also had the occasional anime cutscene and a good combat system which involved capturing these monsters um uh what's the word uh, you could fuse them to create other to create hybrids you could use them and basically sell them for money you could use them for just about whatever means and um it's a really good system like it's just an excellent narrative overall and like i remember a big deal being made when the uh, nino kuni came out which was supposed to be Miyazaki movie the game and every time it came up I'd be like you want Miyazaki movie the game go play Jake Kuhn uh, I heard the sequel came out in the PS2 and it wasn't so good I'll mm-hmm. have to check it out at some point mm-hmm. just to confirm it because one is amazing the original is just amazing um, the other demo which I haven't completely gotten back to this game I got to play a little bit of it was uh, I remember getting pumped for it because I read an article about it before the even before the demo even came out. So when I I think I can't remember if the demo was a surprise for me or not. But um, it's uh when I read the article, it was called Do Prism. Hmm. And when I finally when the game was finally released out here, they changed the name to Threads of Fate. Yeah. And, it stood out because it was a it was like a um what would you call it Joe like a like a real time RPG uh yeah that's that's exactly what it was yeah it stood out because it had two primary characters and basically two variations of the story and each character's story had a distinctively not only distinctively different gameplay to it but a distinctively different tone and the characters met up and crossed over at several points. I think you could also switch off at different points in the game. And well, the the, the gameplay mechanic for the uh, one of the characters was she could use magic, and the other gameplay mechanic for the uh, the male character, this is the one I was most interested in, was that he could transform into monsters he defeated, and that made for some interesting puzzle solving as well as added replayability to uh, boss fights and enemy encounters. It's like, okay, now I'm going to try fighting him as the bat monster or the giant plant that throws seeds at people or a squirrel (laughs) (laughs) or a wolf. Yeah. Uh, um, Oh, wait, there is one more. And... I'm sure anyone who had a PS2 had this. It, I can't remember what you called it. It was just the demo disc that came standard with the PS1. Mm-hmm. And it had like... Uh, I'm trying to remember the games on there. Some kind of weird Death Chamber game. and uh, <laughs> I can't remember all the games. The only thing that comes to mind right now is when I realized you could hit the shoulder buttons and it would cause the selecting thing to flip over and reveal a code. You put that code in and you'd get like a secret video for another game. 
And I think one of those was actually a hidden demo. You talking about the PlayStation Underground stuff? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, those were like, God, those take me back. Every once in a while, I'll pop one in, but I remember those were like the first times that I ever... Because they would do videos about like behind the scenes stuff and about mm-hmm. personalities, you know, like they did a profile where they went to like Tommy Tallarico's house <laughs> and like mm-hmm. he had like a fucking room that was just all Spider-Man toys and shit. Mm-hmm. And so he was like the first person that I ever, whose name I ever knew that worked in the gaming industry, mm-hmm. like ever. And now my brain is crowded with names, but he was like the first person, like there's a face behind the people that work behind these things. And, uh, but it, all those OPM demos were great. I still remember there's, there's a fucking, I had one where they went behind the scenes at Naughty Dog and you can see mm-hmm. like, uh, what's his name? That guy doesn't work there anymore. But, um, and Mark Cerny's in the video, baby Mark Cerny. Well, not baby. He's still like, <laughs> But yeah, it was the first time. So whenever I see him, it's just like this guy's just always been there, and he's still around, just killing it. Uh, okay, Mike, how about you? You go first. Me. All right. Uh, so the I have two demos that come to mind. The first demo, the one for the most memorable demo for me, the first would definitely absolutely have to be the Final Fantasy VII demo that came with Tobol number one. Ooh, one is that the one? Is that the one that had Bushido Blade? No, it didn't have. So it didn't have the actual playable on there. It had the video preview of Final Fantasy Tactics and Bushido Blade. Okay, I'm thinking of a different disc. There was another disc that had Bushido Blade and. Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, so on this disc, it was the actual the the first demo for Final Fantasy VII, and then a mm-hmm. whole bunch of videos, which I remember watching over and over and over again for Tactics, oh, Bushido Blade, and uh, Saga Frontier, um, which were all fantastic games. Um, I just remember playing this demo just over and over. I must have played at least fifty or a hundred times because it was it, there was it got me so excited and so pumped for Final Fantasy because. I mean, this was this was their jump into th- into <clears throat> excuse me. This was their jump into 3D, and it just it was mind blowing seeing it all happen. Uh, mm-hmm. And as we know, Final Fantasy is one of the one of the best Final Fantasies that people. Well, at least one of the Final arguably one of the yeah. best Final yeah. Fantasies. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, definitely the most memorable one for me. Uh, the one that I the other demo that I remember so clearly is Jumping Flash. I remember playing. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, the video for that thing had me so hyped for it. Yeah, I, I mean, the game itself was just awful. It was not fun, but Aww. I, I couldn't stop playing the demo because it was just the way the game was set up was that you could jump up really, really high, and what was like so addictive about it, it was that there were all these platforms that were really high up in the sky. And you know, you had to keep collecting the carrots or whatever it was, and just just seeing him like bounce up so high and like you seeing yourself really like sky high above everything else and then coming falling all the way down and crushing something just that that whole process just oh god it was so much it was so much fun mm-hmm. but um the game itself was not great i never bought it because it was just yeah no so but 
those are the two demos. Oh, also Theme Hospital. I remember playing that a lot as well. <laughs> Theme Hospital was a game I was quite addicted to for a while as well. I ended up buying the full version of that game after playing the demo so many times. Theme Hospital? Uh-huh. What the hell is that? It was released a little bit after Theme Park, and it was just kind of... Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except instead of managing a park, you're managing a hospital. Oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah, it was a great game. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, then also the Blood demo. Did you guys ever play Blood? Blood? Yeah, it was a first-person shooter. No. Long, no, it was on the PC. Um, I played the demo of that. It, it was on like a bunch of... I think it was... I had, I had to install it on like four floppy disks it was yeah it was a while back um but anyway those those are my my picks for demos i those were always i always remember those so that's mine how about you mike Mm. so i'm holding a stack of opm demos and there's a few i'll just read some of them and and say what's noteworthy but i also have a big stack of ps2 ones but at the same time i'll just I'm holding this stack, and it's I'm holding my childhood in my hands. Man, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Official U.S. PlayStation Magazine. Here's one from July 1999, issue 22. Playable demos, Ape Escape, Bloody mm-hmm. Roar 2. Oh, man. Man, Croc 2. Oh, yeah. shit, I remember like, that. Trying to push for a mascot. I never went anywhere. MLB 2000. The mm-hmm. next Tetris. <laughs> Interplay Sports Baseball 2000, Soul of the mm. Samurai. Oh, uh, nice! And there's a there's another demo, but I'll get back to it. There's a there's video of uh, Xena Warrior Princess, video <laughs> of Jet Moto 3, Macross VSX 2, and video of Street Fighter Alpha 3, which got me very hyped. Um, but the, the other demo on here, very important to to my whole life, is uh, the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One demo. Oh, wow. yeah. That kind of like I had known what skateboarding was, but this kind of showed me like this is where I first learned like some like a few trick names, like heard music, just like saw these brands, like what the hell is like 411 VM? Like what is, you know, Birdhouse? What What is all this shit? Like this was my introduction to like my lifelong love affair with skateboarding my on and off <laughs> relationship with it but that was there's a huge one and uh, we that franchise just was huge at one point and it's kind of it, it's it's definitely at a bad point right now but mm. uh, that was the beginning uh and the next one jumper cables was just talking about um the jade cocoon demo mm. Uh, mm. three extreme and if you remember yep. the the ex- two extreme and two one extreme, extreme. <laughs> and also one extreme. <laughs> <laughs> one uh, extreme sounds like the name of a movie. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like too extreme was too much, so they had to tone it down. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's got the you don't know Jack demo. Uh, this oh yeah, is, this is yeah. August '99, by the way. Yeah. yeah. That you don't know Jack one was so fucking entertaining. It's like mm-hmm. on a game show, and this is funny, like so great. Ultimate Eight Ball, Macross VFX two. Oh, I love that. I played mm. that so much. Yeah, non playable demos. NFL Game Day two thousand, NFL Extreme two, and here's an interesting one: Shaolin. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You guys remember that? Watching that video, yeah. Yeah, that video. I was so pumped for that. I don't think it ever came out, did it? Mm. Oh, I could never find it. I actually had a multi-tap. Yeah. Ready. Well, as far as, God, it looks so cool. Just like the story and the, just the, it looks so fucking cool. But from what I understand was, or maybe I'm confusing it with Thrill Kill. Because uh, Thrill, Thrill, Thrill Kill didn't come out. It didn't come out, but the engine got repurposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can find like uh, you can emulate it. Well, uh, it was either Shaolin or or Wu Tang uh, or Thrill Kill, but the the Wu Tang game. Yeah, it would it, it was repurposed from uh, Thrill Kill Wu Tang. Okay, yeah. okay. So yeah, I don't know what the fuck happened to. Sh- I think Shaolin got shit canned, which is a fucking shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as it looked cool. I was so pumped for that. Um, but the other. Uh, Another demo on this one, issue twenty-three. Final Fantasy VIII was the not only the first Final Fantasy game I ever played, but the first RPG I ever played, like mm-hmm. turn-based RPG. I was and wow. I remember seeing seeing it and being like, "Oh, what what is this? This is it's an Excuse RPG. Me? It's one of those turn-based things. Like I'll try it out." And it just like the animation of the like, Guardian forces and the story. It just like sucked me in. I was just like, wow, I have to get this game. And I did, and it's one of my favorites of all time. Uh, let's see. Uh, issue number 31 is the one we just talked about with Gekito and Spider-Man. Spent a lot of time with that Spider-Man demo. That was my mm-hmm. blowing. Yep. You could web-swing in the city, and fucking Stan Lee's voice, you know, Spider-Man co-creator Stan Lee's fucking narrating Yeah. It's fucking. I mean, it's voiceover. Rito Romano was great. That's an amazing game. Mm-hmm. Let's see, mm. issue number thirty-three. Eh, didn't this one wasn't too impressive? Uh, X Men Mutant Academy. It's fine. I think I had that one. Yeah, Deception Three, Dark Delusion, WWF SmackDown, Gauntlet Legends, Threads of Fate. We just talked about. Yeah. Uh, video of the Legend of Dragoon, which I watched a lot. Mm. Uh, this thing called Vanishing Point. Uh, commercial for Rhapsody. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember watching that one a ton. Yeah, yeah I was. I, I so wanted to play that and, one. And Lego Rock Raider. And apparently, it also had the Piercing Parlor trailer. Oh which yeah. Was, which was like an either an anti-piracy or like anti-smoking. Yeah. No, this yeah, guy yeah. goes to this shady ass place, gets like a some kind of piercing, maybe like a tongue piercing, and then the guy who pierced him is like, "Careful, of smoke." He's like, no, nah, man, you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, 90s fucking uh, social awareness campaigns. <laughs> but uh, it's also had the grind session demo on it. which was... I remember what stood out to me about that, that demo and that game in general is uh, you could get hit by a subway train, and when you got hit, the screen would go red, and then there would there'd be a message saying to clean out your pants. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John Cardiel was in that game. Let's see. Ah, issue number thirty-four. A step up. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two demo. I may have had that one also. Yeah, that one was insane. Spent a lot of time with that one. Just like the. Yeah. I can't even remember what level. I it remember was, that but... song. You got me running in the cyclone. Oh yeah, god damn it. It was Marseille with Bob Burnquist and Tony Hawk fucking running in a cyclone. Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, but the that it also had you could do the uh, the park editor as well, mm-hmm. which was yeah. just like fucking mind blowing and spent so much time with that. Yeah, Legend of Dragoon demo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely had that one. Yeah. Yes. Star Trek Invasion, Mr. Driller, MLB two thousand one. Video of Tenchu Two, Covert Ops, and Jedi Power Battles. Mm. <laughs> you remember that shit? Jedi Power Battles. Mm. And the next one has a uh, demo of Tenchu Two and and Jedi Power Ball Battles. Power Bowl. <laughs> Jedi Power Bowl. Yeah. I can't tell if it's a sport <laughs> or a cereal. <laughs> it's the Lotto. Uh, Destruction Derby Raw, Walt Disney World Racing Tour, mm. uh, and play with the Teletubbies. Mm. I remember I, I would throw this. I would throw this one on. Uh, I would throw it in the PlayStation to keep my brother busy, my <laughs> baby brother at the time. Apparently, there's a commercial. Oh, the body bags commercial. You remember that? Uh, not off the top of my head. It was uh, another anti-smoking one where these activists brought a bunch of body bags in front of like a cigarette office mm-hmm. oh i remember <laughs> that damn people were so passionate about that and i feel like nowadays people don't give a shit about that <laughs> you still see some commercials like that mm. Mm. though they're a bit more um uh they're not mm. as intense yeah i i think the main thing is that it was shit like Joe Camel and stuff like they were advertising to like youngsters and stuff that they were trying to get a stop to, um, and also yeah. just get people to stop smoking in general. But yeah, I want to say at that time though there was with there was information regarding the health hazard health hazards that were being that what weren't being displayed mm. on the yeah. uh, packaging, which are now. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember when it happened, but there was like a big deal. Yeah, you're right. And this is a, a non-playable demo. So it's a it's a non-playable demo for Dave Mira Freestyle BMX. Oh no. And today mm. is yeah. today is what today is February fourth. And if ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard, Dave Mira iced himself today. He was forty one years old. Yeah. Jeez. Had two kids and a wife. Yeah. And clearly some problems. It was in his garage, yeah. This I guess blew his brains out all over those X Game trophies. Oh. It's terrible, man. Yeah. It's depressing. He was it's, cr- yeah. it's crazy because you would never expect that. Like, like yeah. that's why I said there was something wrong there. Mm. Yeah, I think it's either probably not foul play. I mean he he's either depressed or well, yeah, we're talking. We're talking clinical depression here. Those are my guesses. Are either he was really depressed, or he had some kind of degenerative illness that nobody knew about, or yeah. that he, you know he didn't tell anybody. Oh um, yeah, and he probably didn't want to deal with it. But I don't know. It's just crazy. I, I mm-hmm. never saw that coming. Well, it's just nowhere. like, um, and I feel bad that I can't think of his actual name, but. Uh, the main character from the famous Jet Jackson. He was oh, in yeah. a series and not too long ago, like a successful series and not too long ago, same thing. He's in his home one day and just bam, offs himself. <laughs> Clear out of nowhere. Damn it. 
That's fucked up. I didn't remember that happening. What the he's like, he's like doing well. He's doing really well when this happens, and everyone's just like, really? the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I always it's thought... Like he was out of work at the time. He was in yeah. a... I can't remember what the show was, but yeah. I'd seen him in it. I was like, oh, that's what he's doing. I always thought that kid would have been... I thought I was. I thought him and Shia LaBeouf are going to be big when they mm-hmm. when they get older. That's a shame. But yeah, rest in peace, Dave Mira. Uh, mm-hmm. You're one of the reasons why I can't stand to listen to Sublime anymore. <laughs> yeah, he was <clears throat> he was really good in the X Games too. I, w- I remember watching some of his stuff. I mean, he he, yeah. he was mm-hmm. he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, here's another demo. Uh, it had the 8 one on it again but it also had a trailer for the Final Fantasy movie mm. and video trailers of Final Fantasy 7 9, Tactics, Chronicles, Star Wars Super Bombad Racing, Chrono, Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross and Clonoa 2 damn yeah. Video City mm. yeah it was a this was this is number 47 so I jumped ahead and this is sort of when this is near the tail end of the PS1 era. Mm. And then the next one, you can really tell. Because uh, it's all like videos for PS2 games. <laughs> yeah, it is. PS1 videos, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> Twisted Metal Small Brawl. Now, this is from January 2002. NBA Shootout 2002. Uh, and then PS2 videos of Batman Vengeance, Jack and, Jack and Daxter, the precursor legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A commercial for Batman Vengeance, um, and then you can really tell because the playable demos are Jumpstart Wildlife Safari Field Trip, Sheep Raider, which is actually pretty fun, uh, Mary Kate mm-hmm. and Ashley's Crush Course. Oh, I remember you talking about this one <laughs> on the old show. <laughs> oh yeah, <God> damn, <laughs> Sesame Street Sports. Hot Wheels Extreme Racing, and Disney Pixar's Monsters, Inc. Mm. This is when the pickings were starting to get kind of slim on, on PS, yeah. PS1. It was just but the licensed games. Yeah, but I remember I had another one where it was... It had the MGS2 trailer on it, and I watched the shit yeah. out of that one. But yeah, I just that, that was my childhood there. Mm. <laughs> wow. So pieces of mind too. Same here. One game you mentioned about twice, and for anyone who's into RPGs, I would highly, highly, highly recommend playing it. Legend of uh, Dragoon is a very underrated RPG that it just it came and went really fast under the radar because it was kind of just overshadowed by so many other big RPGs that were coming yeah. out at the time. So uh, PS One maybe rivaled only by the SNES was like the home for jrpgs it was just sick with them yeah and legend of dragoon xeno gears these were fantastic rpgs xeno gears was completely overshadowed because i believe it came out the same year final fantasy 7 came out so it's just mm. like people didn't even know it existed yeah um didn't legend of dragoon have the judgment wheel mechanic yeah so like uh, i doubt i once played shadow hearts but it's basically it has the judgment wheel where the way that you do attacks is that there's a certain like a uh, little bit of space on a wheel that spins that you have to hit and that determines your attack and like the higher your level goes the faster the thing spins so it's a little frustrating but i'd say the story was great the characters were great 
and your character everyone's a dragoon i mean what more do you need so it's yeah you got a transformation mechanic it's yeah. pretty cool no the games were really really cool the characters everything about them it's a great game very underrated mm-hmm. worth playing great that was a great set of demos man every time you were talking about them, i was just going i was just going down the road it was Damn, uh, memory lane yeah oh yeah. man great 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 games uh all right so recommendations uh mike do you have any mm, well i mean i just gave you a bunch of recommendations <laughs> yeah it's true it's but uh, true. yeah it's been so busy i haven't had a chance to play anything but I'm, I'm i'm looking at my my shit over you know my case and i'm coming back to a uh a, a forgotten gem the one that kind of got uh it just came and disappeared, um, and we were just talking about grind session and and Tony Hawk one and two, and you know nowadays we have we have skate. Of course you do, uh, and there was another franchise called Street Skater, but this was a game I spent just a shit ton of time with, and it was Thrasher presents Skate and Destroy, mm-hmm. and uh, every once in a while I still pop it in because it's just. It was it was more a little more realistic than than Tony Hawk uh, at the time. It was like the only other option, you know, until Skate came and kind of did it really well. But uh, yeah, it, it was it's a it's a very strange, charming little game. Mm-hmm. Like you get these kind of like archetype characters. It's it's, it's they're they're really strange characters. <laughs> But uh, they're like cartoony. It's kind of cartoony looking, and the the soundtrack's really great. It's got a lot of a. Uh, I feel like it's actually mostly all like classic hip hop, and I know a lot of really, really cool old skate spots, and you know that some of them that are actually probably like destroyed by this point the game is from like 98 99 somewhere around there but but yeah it was kind of it was kind of overlooked at the time because it 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 is a little clunky and it doesn't it's not as intuitive as as tony hawk and you kind of have to wind up and prepare but it was a little more methodical um Hmm. but but yeah the game is i spent so much time with that game and I've, yeah, and all the little, the maps too, I've really been meaning to, like, I haven't had time to do this, but I've always wanted to recreate some of them in, in Skate 3. But, uh, but yeah, the game holds a special place in my heart. That's, it's just, I don't know. Hmm. I don't think I've heard of that. When did that come out? Do you remember? In the late 90s. Late 90s? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Lionel, how about you? Um, I think I found myself a bit lacking here. Um, I haven't been playing much. I've kind of fallen back on one of my default time killers, which is uh, Skyrim modded to the gills. <laughs> and um, eh, it's been okay. If I can like try and think of something to recommend off the top of my head. Um, one of the games I found on Steam, thanks to uh, 
YouTube channel called Super Best Friends Play is um, called a game called Freedom Planet, which is kind of like it's kind of like a send up to Genesis games in general. What specifically feels like, what if Sonic the Hedgehog was created by Treasure? Whoa! Yeah, that's... I think I can just leave it with that. <laughs> that's, that'd be pretty crazy. Mm. Jay, what kind of mods are you running in Skyrim? You got any Skyrim mod recommendations? Um, it's like basic stuff, like unofficial patches, um, certain graphical things. Like uh, uh, one is uh, called, I think it's called Surreal Lighting. And I noticed uh, a bit of complaints in regards to like modding and stuff like that. Not just modding, Skyrim in general. Is that the, it felt very dreary and kind of depressing. And I used the surreal lighting just to make the place feel more alien. Like, the idea I have going in my head when I play that game is that it's an alien planet. Uh, <laughs> there's a whole <laughs> lot of medieval shit. Like a, like a, an episode of Star Trek? You're crazy, yeah. you gotta dress up and play, play like yeah. surreal? Yeah, kinda, yeah. <laughs> 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 and I installed it for that reason, but it does have the uh, added effect of making everything look a lot more visually interesting. I know there's a pretty like active Skyrim modding community. Do you yeah. are there any particular websites that you go to to find some really crazy mods, or you just kind of um, search, search? I search it through Steam. Steam actually has its own sort of like mod setup i think it's called like steam workshop or something like that where you can post your mods to steam directly and that creates like an easy install for them nice but uh there's a size limit is the only trade-off like there's some interesting ones on there like there's the ones i'm most interested in are the alternate start mods like uh, there's one called live another life where at the character creation screen rather than going through that scene in helgen where the dragon attacks, they uh, suggest a couple of different scenarios for where your game can start, and even have a small side quest tied to those starts. Like, you can start off as having survived bandit attack, or start off as part of one of the military factions, or start off as like a vampire slave, or as like a. <laughs> necromancer hiding out underground and now is to like find their way back to the surface because they're running out of supplies um a lot of interesting scenarios in regards to that one i can't remember what the name of the other one was it was like dragon something not dragon born dragon whatever the point is with that one hopefully people will be able to find it is that you could actually turn all aspects having to do with dragons and being the dragonborn off and effectively play Skyrim as like a normal ass dude huh doesn't defeat the purpose though I mean wasn't that the point of Skyrim no the feel like the dragonborn plotline is kind of overbearing and intrusive when you're trying to do anything that doesn't have to do with being a dragonborn So if like you're kind of not interested in being this all powerful guy who everyone drops to their knees and sucks the dick of, then um... <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. Let no, me I... suck that dragon cock. 
I don't know. I guess uh, if I have an issue with uh, some fantasy things is that I feel like they kind of take the power fantasy aspect of it a bit too far. Mm. Like, you're literally the most important person in the universe. And I'm kind of like, no, I kind of want to, can I, can I just, like, work my way up? Can I, like, earn it? It's more cool. Can I just sell some cabbages at the market today? Can I sell some cabbages, kill some shit, and then, like, eventually be kind of a cool dude? Mm. Um... If I got the floor real quick, I, let me just like express a minor issue with these games. I don't like the fact that every quest line ends with you being the head of whatever group you joined. Like, felt really uncomfortable being made the head of like the mages' college when like half of the teachers there could still fucking eat me. <laughs> it, it just felt a bit arbitrary. Like, okay, uh, okay, we're just gonna make you the head now, but but why? There's no you're the head now. Shut up and. And this happened in um, Oblivion 2 where it just kind of feels weird to be like, oh, okay, you're head of the Mages College. And then you go to like the Fighters Guild and they're like, okay, look here, you little nothing shit motherfucker. <laughs> right out up like everybody else. It's like, I'm the mage. I'm the fucking head mage. Who are you talking about like that? <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> Set your ass on fire. <laughs> Yeah. So maybe do something a little different at the end of this. Maybe like get like an honorary position. Maybe they make a statue in your honor, and you know you can still go there to collect money or some shit, because that's what those things are really about. But something a little different, because then like especially if these events are supposed to be canon, you have one guy who's head of the Fighters Guild, the Mages Guild, the Dark Beasts <laughs> Guild. And is the hero of the great crisis of that game. It's, it's kind of like the head of the skeeviest underground organization as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, right off the bat, you're head of the Fighters Guild and the Mages Guild, noble professions. But then you're also head of the Thieves Guild and the Dark Brotherhood. Yeah, it's like yeah. he saved so many lives and taken so many as well, and he ruined mine. He stole my <laughs> fortune. You're fucking basically Norman Osborn. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Mm. Uh, those are... <laughs> you've, yeah. You always seem to have lots of fun with Skyrim, it seems. I'm very conflicted. Ooh, 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 ooh. Double Dragon Neon. Go play Double Dragon Neon. Play it right now. If you don't have friends, play it by yourself. But if you can find another person to play that with, they will become your best friend by the end of that game. I just could not get into that game. I don't know. You need to play it with either me or Mike. Maybe that's mm. maybe I need to play with someone, but I just felt like the game played. was just not it made us closer. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. It's uh yeah, that's a good one. Mm. Uh, it's it's kind of it's a little simplistic as far as gameplay goes, but there's some depth to the customization mm -hmm. uh and the but uh, it's very simple, but short. It's a really fun romp. Mm. I should give another try. Cause I didn't. I didn't tell you what, Joe. Yeah. You 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 uh, drive or fly. You come out here. <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a few beverages. We'll sit down for a, for a few rounds of neon, and I promise you, I will get in them draws. <laughs> All right. That's uh looking forward to it, Lionel. Looking forward to it. <laughs> okay. Uh all right, guys. So for me, I got nothing. I just didn't have <laughs> I didn't have any time this week. 
I feel a bit ashamed. I didn't I didn't play any games this week at all. Uh, but this weekend, I was digging around in the garage and in any <laughs> compartment I could find in the house for games. And... Were you looking for bus fare? <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> Laundry and, money. <laughs> yeah, and the three games that I'm definitely going to just be diving right into over the weekend is uh, more Snake Eater, of course. I want to jump back into that. Um, Pokemon Platinum, I found that. I want to play that again. And... Yeah. And uh, Final Fantasy XII, I'm going to start playing. I want to start playing that. So those are probably games I will start jumping into over the weekend. But, yeah, I, I didn't do shit this week when it came to games. So. I didn't do nothing. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, all right. Final thoughts. Uh, can I go first? Go first, Lionel. Uh, let me let me just say that this like maybe this some of this early generation of kids like kids coming up now being born now and maybe even coming up now are the luckiest little sons of bitches in the world. I mean, look at the shit we got coming out right now. They're not only going to have access to the kind of stuff we're still trying to get our hands on in school. Like they're not even going to get a choice. You're going to get it. There's also going to be shit like. <laughs> fucking whole buildings devoted to VR VR experiences, VR places to just go hang out the way, you know, like the, like the kind of shit we were promised in movies back in the day. You know, mm-hmm. like the, the climbing VR thing and shit like that, like it's only gonna get cooler, but we're only gonna get older and there's gonna be stuff that we're gonna see when we're old and we're gonna be like, oh, we're like we physically can't do that anymore. <laughs> Like I hope I'm hope that like I have like kids and grandkids so they could like be screaming at me to get off the wall as I'm like 80 years old trying to climb that shit. It's like Grandpa, get down! No, I'm getting the high score today. <laughs> yeah. So I guess there's something to look forward to. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Envy, I guess, is my final thought. <laughs> that is definitely a final thought. Uh, Mike, how about you? So I found this book today. I stopped by my old school's library because I can do that for free. And uh, they give away books. And I found this book. It's NTC's Dictionary of American Slang and Colloquial Expressions by Richard A. Spears. Mm. And it's... Uh, it's dated 1989, printed in 1991. So uh, I just, uh, ooh, there's a couple good entries here on this page. Let's see. Messy bucket or and mercy buckets or murky buckets. It means thanks. Okay. All right. That's, that's from the French Merci Beaucoup. Hmm. That's very nice. Murky buckets. Messy bucket for the cookies. You Murky sent. buckets. Messy bucket for the cookies you sent. Mm. The next ent- entry is meth. Noun: denatured alcohol, methyl alcohol. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, we drank meth. We drank anything we could get. Meth used to be pink. Now they put something in it to make you vomit. All right. Two now methamphetamines, drugs. Usually meth is injected, having almost an immediate effect. Meth comes in little glass tubes. Or methadone. 
In uh, Breaking Bad, it's pink and then blue. Oh, Mexican mud. Whoa. <laughs> it says see Mexican brown. And apparently that means a brownish <laughs> Mexican marijuana. What? That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. That's some dank ass shit. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I like this one. Mickey Mouse. Nonsense or something trivial. Oh. I want to use that. That sounds like something that would come from the, the British. Mickey Mouse shit. Is do they say like the origin? Like what where did that yeah, how did like, that come is, to be? Is there anything about the etymology of these? Oh things? wait. Let me check again. How's it going, Eric? Very calm. Yeah, I can tell. Eric's pulling some real Mickey Mouse shit right now. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could pull that Mickey Mouse shit right now, but I'm too poor. Too poor for liquor. This is from the Walt Disney character by the same name. This is just a lot of Mickey Mouse. Mm. This Mickey Mouse is wasting my time. Let's see, and number three is a police officer. Huh. I Mickey Mouse is hanging hanging around asking about you. Tell Mickey Mouse he knows where to find me. <laughs> Noun, a bit of blotter impregnated with LSD with a picture of Mickey Mouse on it. That's <laughs> All right, I'll I stop now. Joe, how about your final thoughts? All right. Uh, <laughs> final thoughts are kind of along the lines of what Lionel was saying. I'm so fucking excited about the future, man. I'm even more excited than when I get older. So that way I can like try and do this stuff, even I know it's gonna hurt me. It, it's like yeah. it, it's like when you go to you go to McDonald's or we go back to Chuck E. Cheese and the ball pit. When you jump in the ball pit now and you realize it's fucking like like one inch. It's not even. <laughs> it's so small. Yeah. It used to be huge. Right. Yeah. And or if you go if you go back into the McDonald's playground and you you go back and try and do it now and you're just your knees and your elbows are banging against the sides and you're just in so much pain. And it's just like this is not this is not what I remember. But you don't stop. You keep crawling, hoping that your childhood will come back. And then the further you go, are you saying you want to go hang out in ball pits, Joe? Yeah, man. I want to dive into so many balls. It's, I mean, that'd know. be tight. If we hit it big, can we just like move in together in a mansion and get a ball pit? <laughs> Fuck yes. yeah! Yes, it, and, we can have a dedicated room and a huge. Yeah. And huge, like just tubes, and have slides. Some fucking startups have slides <laughs> that slide down into other parts of the building. What the fuck? That's that's just smart. It, it it's re- <laughs> it's re- it's egregious, and why that's a lot for of speed. people hate startups. That's for yeah. s- it, that's for speed and efficiency. No, it's really just, funny. It is, it, but they it's ridiculous. Just simply ridiculous how far they go. Anyway, that's another. But yeah, just I am so pumped about what's gonna happen. I mean, we have VR, we have augmented reality, which is coming up soon. That that's with Hololens, what Microsoft is working on. There is um. We're taking steps to take care of our babies. Yeah, which is good. Oh god, there's so much cool stuff. Like a CES, they just showed off a paper thin TV where you could actually roll it up and just this. You gotta be shit. No, I'm how's not. the quality? Yeah, it it looks it looks good. I mean, it looks decent for maybe was it like not 1080p, maybe a little bit lower than that. But you can roll it up and put it in your pocket. It yeah, could be like fucking. I mean, honestly, like 480p might, might would it. be expensive or impressive. Yeah, I mean, of course, it was behind closed doors, and, and the guy who was showing it off had like 
gloves on who's been really careful with it but the the fact is that this sort of stuff has happened it's just all these really cool technologies coming out uh, god it's really really exciting so the next few years are going to be crazy and what's going to happen for better or worse and that uh drone league stuff yeah it's crazy man so yeah. that's hilarious uh yeah that's my final thought i'm just super pumped yeah. All right. Uh, just more information where you can find each of our different shows on Hey Listen Radio. You can find uh, this particular podcast on Twitter at NAGP Returns, where I talk about lots of more video game stuff and post other crazy stuff related to gaming culture. And then we have Lionel Show. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you like the show? Did you like jumper cables? Well, then you'll love the old Taku Connection. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's the show where I uh, coerce these um, two unfortunate SOBs into watching animes with me. Sometimes to their chagrin, and sometimes to mine. But uh, if you're interested in that, you can find me on uh, well, obviously, hey, listen, radio at Old Taku Connection. I'm also on SoundCloud. If you want to try and talk with me directly, uh, I've got a Twitter. Jumper cables at Old Taku Connect, and we have Mike's show. Mm-hmm. My show is called Hyper Nineties Zeitgeist Breakdown. Uh, post that the last Thursday of every month. Try and go in depth about mm, culture issues, media from the nineties, etc. Uh, this month it is hacker, so that's up. You can. Uh, find that pinned on my twitter feed at hyper 90s 90s is spelled out um, i think that's about it all right that's it we talked about vr well, you want to you want to talk about our network stuff joe didn't we mention oh just oh, we mentioned that already We're on, uh. hey listen hey listen radio on facebook and twitter and soundcloud yeah you may be uh, you maybe there, maybe you're on iTunes, or maybe you're on Android, but you can subscribe in all those places. Yes. And, yeah. And if you are, uh, if you do have an iOS device and you use iTunes, please make sure to rate us, review us, tell us yeah. what you think, and uh, yeah. come to the website or or the SoundCloud, or whatever. Leave us a comment. Let us know you're there. We'd so love to talk to you. Yeah. Love you. All right. Okay. All right, that's it. We're done. No more soul food. We out. Yeah. Hold Sorry. on, Eric. Come here. Come here. Final thoughts, Eric. For Joe, or Jumper Cables? Both of them. Yay. Um, yeah. No pressure, man. Just say what's in your heart. <laughs> Jumper Cables says, "Just say what's in your heart." All right, Jumper Cables. Fuck. <laughs> um, we did what we had to do.
Yeah. Um, what I'm looking forward to is when we're all in self-driving cars, and then the event on the drive to work every day is to look into other people's cars and see what they're doing as the car drives <laughs> itself. Like, Damn. Um, you're gonna like look to the left. You're gonna see some guy <laughs> shaving. You're gonna see some woman doing aerobics in her van. This guy's fucking. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I was I was talking with some I guys know. at work, and uh, what we were imagining is, you know, there's gonna be some drive-by pay-per-view stuff where they have like uh, the the windows on a tent, and then like there'll be some something in your in your car that'll let you purchase it, and then you'll be able to see through the tent. And see, uh, like the tint on the windows, and get to see whatever show they're putting on. Damn, I know so many people who would just use that to fucking jack off every morning. Yeah, that. Yeah. Would well, that, that technically be? Is it illegal to jack off in your car while no. you're driving? No, well, just, I think no. I think as long as people can't see it. No, even if they see it, it's not. Uh. I don't think that's. Well, we'll see. You're exposing dangly parts, so uh, yeah, that's you're, true. You're, you're right. kind of in public, right? Yeah, you are in public. Well, I don't know. You're inside well, like your I said, car. I think, I think as long as they can't <laughs> see the privates. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, my dad said <laughs> one time he was like driving, like, and he and like there was like a taller car or like a car next to him where they could they couldn't see like below him, but he was. Uh, uh, he was like, he was just driving like on a highway, like a long drive, and like there's music, and he was like tapping like the bottom of the steering wheel and shit. And so, but if you're looking in, like it looked kind of bad. And he said he looked <laughs> looked next to the the car that was next to him, and this woman was just like had this horrified look on his face. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, oh man, yeah, it's. Oh man! Oh, oh! Please tell me you guys have seen the video because you know with drones right now you have to have you have to register them and they're becoming a big deal because they're hitting things and whatever. And so people are actually there's a company where people are training birds to take them down. Have you guys? <laughs> have you guys seen some, those videos? I saw something about that. Yeah, it was funny. Oh my god! They showed a video of it with Attack a bird. Rose. Yeah, they just they sh- like just pointed. Point the bird towards the drone, and it just grabbed it and slammed it against the wall and took it down. So, oh man, that's it's pretty fun. funny. The battle between the birds and drones. A, a yeah. battle between nature and machine. Mm. Yeah, 